Well, welcome back, many of you. Welcome to those of you who are here with us tonight for the first time. As I continue to preach in your hearing and for God's glory, how and why to pray in the Holy Ghost and keep yourselves in the love of God, part four. Praying through the Bible, uh, service sermon message number 484. We've already had our hour of prayer where we pray over the prayer list. As I told you and I have told you for many years, we do not just talk about prayer. We, as they say, be about prayer. Uh, When you hear me pray, I've already prayed several times throughout the day. We just spend an hour in prayer. Jude 17 through 21. But if you would allow me to say today, beloved. But beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ how that they told you there should be mockers there are many mockers today in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lusts their bribes their thirty pieces of silver These be they who, are, who separate themselves, sensual, having not the spirit. But ye, beloved, or beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. And that's what you need to do. You need to build yourself up on your most holy faith. Don't quit now. Don't turn around now. Don't fall by the wayside now. Build yourself up on your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Keeping yourselves in the love of God. Looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Shall we pray? Holy Father God in heaven. Lord, I don't know how you were able to move me and to get me back up here this evening, but I do praise you and thank you for allowing me to be here. I say with Peter on the Mount of Transfiguration, Lord, it's good for us to be here. Understanding, Lord, that any one of us could die at any moment. Lord, we need to give it all we have for your glory, your praise, and honor for the salvation of the lost, that they would 
hear the gospel and be saved. And Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you for the rest that you gave me earlier today. I thank you for my wife massaging my feet for about an hour or more. I thank you, Lord, for a great lunch. I thank you, Lord, for listening to Sweet Hour Prayer in three different versions, trying to sing it with my uh, inside mic. Can't sing a lick, but I enjoyed singing it. Thank you, Lord, for leading us to have our uh, prayer hour for this service, uh, right before this service. And Lord, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you would hear all of those prayers and all of the prayers we prayed this morning and this afternoon. Uh, Holy Father God, I believe your holy word, ask and ye shall receive, seek and ye shall find, knock, and it shall be open unto you. I believe your holy word, you taught us via a parable, men ought always to pray and not to faint, pray without ceasing, continue instant in prayer, and pray always, and Lord, for prayer has a way of clearing the mind and clearing the air and the atmosphere. And so, Lord, thank you for the power, the privilege, and the peace that comes through prayer in this topsy-turvy, sin-cursed world. And Holy Father God, I pray, Lord, tonight to grant me your energy your strength, your firmness, your unction, your anointing, your freedom, your liberty, and the power of your Holy Spirit. To preach your Holy Word once again, and Lord, I pray that you would demonstrate the power of your Holy Spirit and do the work that you want done. I marvel how you do what you want done. I marvel how you use wretched people like us in your kingdom, in your work, and in your service. And Holy Father God, I pray that you would save the lost and revive the saved. Uh, Holy Father God, I continue to pray for the complete salvation of my wife, Marika White, and others in my family, Lord, who are religious, but lost. And Lord, as you know, when we combine that with uh, church work, people not being saved and doing church work and religious and even faithful, seemingly, consistent in attendance, then we combine that with Jamaican-style, Pharaoh-style stubborn pride. Our Lord, it's a very, very dangerous mix, very dangerous. 
Lord, I'm more concerned about religious people who are too proud to admit that they're not saved than I am the irreligious people. Uh, they're easier. Uh, I, we can get those folks saved easier than the Pharisees and the Sadducees. For Lord, I remember how the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the most religious people in the world, most knowledgeable in the world, crucified you. Lord, nobody could have made this up, Lord. Nobody could have written a story like this. Uh, this is the greatest, it's still the greatest story ever told. How all of that panned out. But thank you, Lord, for what you did for us. Only you can do that. Allowing your only begotten son to suffer, to bleed, and to die on the cross for our sins and it was the religious crowd that we had read so much about in the Old Testament. Your people uh, and the leaders of your people save a few who did it, who led it, who cried out crucify him, crucify him. You were betrayed by your own flesh and blood. And so, Lord, it was painful uh, for you, but we thank you, Lord, for Good Friday, for it was good for us. Thank you for your mercy, your love, and your grace. And so, Lord, save all of the religious folk. Thank you for leading me to preach so powerfully today to them as well as to the irreligious. And I pray, Lord, tonight, once again, that you would cast out the devil and the demons of hell and the satanic, demonic spirit of Judas. For, as always, he's fighting hard, these services. Fighting hard, the gospel being preached. And we pray that you would cast out the devil and the demons of hell, the satanic, demonic spirits of Judas, Jezebel, Sanballat, and Tobias. Out of my own wife and others who have that problem here and beyond here, and in some cases it is worse, and give us sweet victory over the world, the flesh, and the devil. And Lord, I pray that you would place upon us the whole armor of God. Surround us with the band of your holy angels in a wall of your holy fire. We pray, Lord, that you would save those who are lost, revive those who are saved, heal those who are sick, comfort those who are grieving. Lord, we pray that the devil would not touch the mechanical apparatus so that uh, your Holy Gospel will go freely through the pipes and the wires and the cables and the satellites all around the world. I marvel and I thank you for the technology that you have wrought, 
where the gospel can go faster now than ever before in the history of the world. And so can the whole counsel of God. Lord, help us in these last days to do what Jude told us to do. Help us to glorify your holy name and lift up your Son, your Holy Son, Jesus Christ, by proclaiming your holy gospel from your holy word. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and for his sake. Amen. How and why to pray in the Holy Ghost and keep yourselves in the love of God. Part 4, Praying Through the Bible, a Wednesday night and message 484. Charles Haddon Spurgeon said, true prayer is neither a mere mental exercise nor a vocal performance. It is far deeper than that. It is a spiritual transaction with the Creator of heaven and earth. So that is serious business when you look at it from that perspective. My beloved, in our last message we looked at how we build ourselves up on the most holy faith by praying in the Holy Ghost and that includes reading God's Word, walking in the power of the Holy Spirit instead of the flesh. Second, let's look at how that we are to keep ourselves in the love of God. Let me say here, contrary to what many people believe today, because of false preaching, you do have a responsibility as a Christian to do what you're supposed to do. You are a free moral agent. We have mess in the world because we are free moral agents. And most of us love darkness more than we love light. So, uh, you need to make sure, if you are a born-again Christian, uh, that you pray in the Holy Ghost and uh, you keep yourself in the love of God or in fellowship with God. Now, God is going to always love you. That is not uh, up for debate. But uh, you may not be in fellowship with him. And the chastisement and the rebuke that you're going to feel on your behind as a child of God 
may not feel like love, see, because, you know, we're all messed up on love today. We think love is letting you have your way. See, letting God, I mean, God letting you have your way. And that's not love. That's not love from a husband towards a wife either. And it's not love toward, uh, with parents towards children, letting them have their way. Letting them do what they want. You know they're not supposed to eat ice cream every night. You know that. And then an icicle pop and then the icy pop and all that. Uh, all in one day. But some of you people, you do that to appease your children for 10 minutes. Then they're going to cry for something else. And then you try to sit, uh, serve them some uh, mashed potatoes and broccoli and they pitch a fit. Why? Because you think that love is letting them have their way and have what they want. That's not love. But we're all messed up on love today. God still loves us, but God will chastise us. And it, it, it may seem like it's not love when he does that. And the first level of chastisement is broken fellowship. How about you tonight, dear friend? Are you in fellowship with God? If you say that you're born again, you know that one of the, one of the most painful things is broken fellowship with God because we didn't keep ourselves in the love of God or the loving fellowship of God by committing ungodly sins and acts and saying ungodly things, thinking ungodly things, looking at ungodly things such as pornography, which some Christian men have uh, made into an addiction and it is not an addiction. You are a free moral agent. You want to, you're looking at that booty because you want to look at that booty. The devil is a liar and you're a liar too. I said you're a liar. Your feet ain't made and your heart pumps peanut butter. Hey, don't, don't bring in, don't, don't uh, use psychological terms to justify the evil you're doing. Now, if you are, just say you wanted to look at it. How about that? Christian. Admit it and shame the devil. And this phenomenon of wives saying they want a divorce from a man because he looked at some pornography. Well, baby, are you doing what you need to be doing? Obviously, you are not because he's looking for vagina on uh, the computer screen. He, he, he needs sex and willing sex. Not sex that he has to buy from his own wife. Not sex he has to bribe, willing, the, the, the happy sex that women are willing to do uh, for a few thousand dollars on the screen. He wants that. Wild and crazy sex. And we got women looking over the man's sho shoulder. Mm, I'm going to tell the past on you looking at pornography and I'm right here and, and everything like that. Uh -huh, I want a divorce. I told you before. I'll say it again. The sweet evangelical movie called Fireproof was bogus. 
The man hardly did anything, and the wife was a whore. I don't care if you like it or not. You say, I'm, I'm not going to listen to you again. How can you dare say an evangelical Christian uh, wife playing in the movie is a whore? She was a whore. Some of you devilish wives are looking at pornography yourself and condemning your, your husband to hell because he's trying to get some pleasure that you won't give him. Oh yes, we're going to talk about that. Yes, we're going to go there because uh, this is a uh, this is a whole problem. If a Christian man is doing that, <clears throat> he needs to own it. He ought not to make any excuses. He ought not to listen to these evangelical pastors talking about it's a, it is a, uh, an addiction. No, no. That, see, when you say it's an addiction, that allows you to do it more. See, that's what you want. And you got your little leaders doing the same thing because they, they're doing the same thing. No. This is something that you cannot. You say, well, I'm, I'm going to get me an accountability partner. I'm going to get a certain program. That's all well and dandy. If you don't have Jesus living on the inside of you, you don't have the Holy Ghost on the inside of you telling you, no, don't do that, you can, you're going to break down your little computer program. Uh, your accountability partner is going to be psyched out by you. Uh, they may come and check and on you once or twice, and as soon as they're gone, there you go. You better keep yourself in the love of God by praying in the Holy Ghost. You can't do this with the little fake, feeble uh, preachers and preaching of the day and the little, uh, little lying books of today, man. You've got to have a real relationship with Jesus Christ. That's a simple thing for him. You can't do that. He'll forgive you if you slip and fall and you, you get yourself in a tight and uh, you need some loving and your wife is not cooperating with you or uh, she's fat as an elephant and you're not turned on by her anymore and, and you're trying to get it up. He'll forgive you if you confess your sin, but, but you, got to, you have to own it, man. You can't just, like it's a, some kind of addiction now. Don't lie to Jesus about an addiction. He doesn't want to hear that. He said that if you look at a woman to lust after her in your heart, you have, sir, committed adultery already in your heart. Okay, so that we, he's not going to play that game with you. Your little evangelical, sweet little evangelical pastor, he'll play that game with you because he's got some pornography on his computer. He may have worse than yours. And some of you ministers, so-called pastors, assistant pastors, with pornography on your computer at the church, you are dumb. And you are, you are dumb. Let me just say that. Let me stop right there. You know why I, I stopped right there? Because Jesus on the inside told me, don't say that. Don't, don't, don't call him that. You're dumb. I can get away with that. Because more than anybody in the universe, Jesus wants that stopped. There's no such thing as sex addiction, man, woman. This all made up stuff by... 
uh, theological geniuses. There's no such thing as uh, porn addiction. No such thing as all man-made-up mess. Not for the Christian man, and really not for the lost. Just own up and say you want to look at butts. You want to look at vaginas. You want to look at breasts. I came in one evening when the children were younger and my oldest son evidently was looking at some breasts on on the computer as Daniel White the fourth. That's why we say Daniel White the third. But he was he, he his mother or one of the other well, his mother caught him looking at some breasts on the computer and she told me about it when I got home and I said boy what are you doing I went back into the back room and I did a fish pump yeah yeah because young men ought to be interested in that I was glad to hear it, that he was a normal red-blooded boy, but he can't look at that on my computers. And I told him so. And uh, dealt with him about it. Uh, Jesus said something similar to this in John 15, 9 through 11. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. Continue ye in my love. My, my, my. Now when you hear a black preacher say, my, 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 he's saying a thousand different things. There's so many things that need, that he wants to say, he just says, my, my, my. It has become a thing on, on the internet. People know it. People have heard the black preacher say, my, my, my. It's just too much. <laughs> the word of God produces so much that you can't even say it all. If you keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love. Huh? That's talking about fellowship with him. You have a loving fellowship with the Lord. Glory be to God. Some of you people are disturbed and look like you swallowed a curtain rod. You're sad, depressed, and defeated. You know why? Because you have wicked, evil sin in your life. And you're not in the love of God. God loves you, but the loving fellowship is gone. If you will, the thrill is gone because you have sinned against God. And let me say something to you, my beloved. God does not play about this stuff. Jesus does not either. Contrary to what you've been taught, God does not play. One of my jobs is to help you to understand that God is very serious about what he said. Just like a good parent, by the way. 
Just like a good boss, by the way. They believe in what they said. And they want you to believe it. And they want you to do it. And 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 uh, God is that way for sure. He's not playing. He's not. He's not, he's not uh, just saying words. You've been taught that by the sweet little evangelical Baptist, uh, independent Baptists, and that's right. My people, my independent Baptist brother, we're some of the worst. Don't tell me. I know. I, I, and I love you, but and I double dog dare you to try to uh, uh, disprove what I'm saying, my independent Baptist brethren. Like all of the others, you separated from the Southern Baptists and the National Baptists and turned out to be just as evil. No, don't, don't bow your head yet. It's not time to pray. I know you want me to hold you up as higher than the other because I'm, I, I got saved through you. I'm not. A whole lot of evil has been done under the banner of Independent Baptists. And I love you. You've been good to me. I've preached in your churches around the globe. I, I love you. But we got some issues too. Mm -hmm. Serious issues. And, and like all of the other groups. Where we messed up at. And I don't care if you like it or not. As independent Baptists we messed up in the family. Just like the National Baptists, just like the Southern Baptists, just like the Bible folk, the Bible people are less so. Charismatic folk, family shot to hell. Disobedient to God. Disobedient to the Lord on the family level. It's me, it's me, it's me, O oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Mm -hmm. On the family level. Oh, no, 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 no. Not on the macro level. Oh, we pretty. We pretty on the macro level. We talk about the micro. And God and Jesus are very interest, interested in the micro. On the micro level. Are you in the love of God? Mm -hmm. God still loves you. But are you in fellowship with God so that you can be truly blessed? And enjoy and appreciate and continue in that wonderful warm fellowship with God. I am here to tell you. I am here to tell you. That. You are not going to be a happy camper if you say that you're a child of God and you're uh, not in you're not obedient to God because the first level of chastisement and it's painful enough. You go past that level, you are in real trouble, saint of God. 
Oh, and I can hear some of my sweet charismatic brethren and my sweet uh, evangelical brethren. And see, this is very, this is very, when I say that, you need to understand this very, I'm not picking on anybody. I love these people. Do you hear me? God has touched their hearts to help me do what I do. And I can't stop uh, preaching the word uh, just because they have been a blessing to me. I hope they will continue to be a blessing to me. But I, when they're wrong, I got to preach against them too. See, this is very, very serious. When I use sweet evangelical, sweet charismatics, especially those two groups, you know why I have to say that? Because they have influenced the whole church. Maybe minus the Catholics. But everybody else. Because they're the, on the evangelical side, they're the intelligentsia. Well trained in the word. On the charismatic side, they do exciting things that has influenced the church, other churches to, to copy them. Mm -hmm. They say they say exciting things like generational curse and stuff like that. And, and then evangelicals pick it up and run with it and write a whole book on it. <laughs> Do you hear me, people? Okay, so, so I, I'm dealing with the Sadducees and the Pharisees. Many of them are that way. Yes, you can get so educated uh, that uh, you're no earthly good. <clears throat> and you can become puffed up. Listen to me. Uh, many of my good brethren who are graduates of the best seminaries in the nation are puffed up. And you get to the point. And then they love to discuss things. They love to debate things. And, and you can get so educated that you start talking stupid. Because we have a generation of people who think they have to be original on everything. And that is... In God's economy, impossible. I mean, King Solomon too. There's no new thing under the under the heavens. Ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments. Jesus obeyed his Father's commandments. You better obey his. Yeah, you know, I don't like I don't like this preaching. Well, I I want the preaching. You know, that's going to make me shout and shout me out until I get to the car. Then I'm depressed again because I realize I'm going home to nobody because I ran everybody off with my sweet Christianity. <laughs> Some of you women have allowed your religion to run your husband off and your children off, and, and you go home every night. Turned up in a in a fetal position, depressed, defeated, and you can't wait. You wonder why church did not uh, continue. You can't wait to get back there because you feel better, but you're out of fellowship with God, and therefore you're out, out of fellowship with your husband and with your children. It's going to take for many of you, as it has for many others. For you to be on your deathbed before you understand that 
you were here to be a good wife and a good mother. But you wanted to be everything else on the stage at the church. Brady Bunch at the church. Adam's family at the house. Elvira. Isn't that her name? Are you in the fellowship? Are you in the loving fellowship of God? Are you with Bo Peep? In fellowship with Bo Peep? Somebody you're not married to. In fellowship with Sylvia? Somebody you're not married to. If you're doing that, if you're in fellowship with them, and swinging with them, well, you're not in. You're not in the fellowship. You're not in fellowship with God. You're not in the love of God, my dear friend. Jesus obeyed God's commandments. You ought to obey His. Jesus Christ said, "If you love me, keep my commandments, and abide in His love." As we continue walking with God in our life, our fellowship should grow deeper richer and it ought to be consistent you ought not to be falling in and out of fellowship that may be uh, the case as a young Christian when you don't know any better and you are taking your first steps and you fall down like a toddler but you're not a toddler anymore God expects you to stay in the love of God in loving fellowship with him by obeying him, obeying his word, his revealed will to you, obeying the Holy Spirit of God in you, and if you don't know that the Holy Spirit of God in you, you are probably lost, because the Holy Spirit of God will talk to you just like I'm talking to you right now. Amen, lights. Have you heard a voice inside of you lately telling you not to do that? That's the voice of the Holy Ghost of God. The Holy Ghost of God will tell you, don't, don't say that, but you can say this. I'm sure you heard of the program, uh, Eat That, But Don't Eat This. The Holy Spirit, and he never gets tired. Because, see, just like God does not slumber and sleep, uh, Jesus does not slumber and sleep. Bless your heart. The Holy Ghost never slumbers and sleeps. He's, he's with you in the black and dark night. He's a regulator. He will help you to stay in the love of God. Bad, bad feelings come upon you on the inside. I cannot explain it. When you're even... Uh, uh, tempted and you're not responding fast enough to the Holy Ghost. You're not praying fast enough in the Holy Ghost because you are being tempted to get out of the love of God. The fellowship. The loving fellowship with God. 1 John 2.5 says, But whoso keepeth his word in him verily is the love of God perfected.
you know one of the reasons why I, this is my second time preaching there. I, I'm supposed to be off. I, I was supposed to take off the whole month of May and April. But it's like a fire shut up in my bones. And because I know you need it. Not only that, I'm committed, pardon me, to give myself to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Because I need to do my job, whether you respond to it or not. But I do know you need it. Hereby know we that we are in him. You can keep yourself in the love of God, my beloved, by obeying the commandments of God Almighty. Uh, if you are opposed to that permanently, you are not saved. If you're slow in moving uh, in that direction, maybe you are saved, but you're walking in the flesh. But at some point, you will become committed to this because God will conform you into the image of his son. God does not play. This is very serious to him. It cost him everything. According to Psalm 9710, if you love God, you will hate evil. How about it? Here's a sign of whether or not you're saved. Do you hate evil or do you love evil? You love darkness like Jesus Christ talked about rather than light. That's why you love being in the dark clubs with a dark Negro, tall, dark, and handsome, you say. You love shuffling your feet uh, with Sylvia in the dark corner. How you love getting drunk. You love getting high off of, you don't even know what you're getting today. You love the jam jam boogie lifestyle. You love to run towards evil and darkness. Trying to be something that you're not. And you are the one who's going to get in the most trouble. You keep yourself in the love of God by obeying his commandments and hating evil. How about you? Dear Christian friend, if you're saved, this is resonating with you. If you're not, it's going right over your head. If, you, if you're saved, you have experienced this. If you're not saved yet in the church, uh, you have not experienced this and you don't have a clue as to what I'm talking about. You need to be born again. So how about it, church members? Is this resonating with you? Is this speaking to your heart? Do you know that you are not keeping yourself in the love of God because you love sin and evil more than you love God and light.
you're walking in the flesh, but you feel guilty. You feel the pain of the broken fellowship, the loving fellowship between you and God. Then what you need to do is repent. If you don't feel anything, you don't even know what I'm talking about, then you need to get saved even though you've been in the church for 40 years. Don't die, in the words of Dr. Charles McKinney, don't die and go to hell on a humbug. Get saved tonight. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou you shalt be saved. And so, dear friend, if you're with us tonight and you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, if you can't remember a time meeting Jesus, but you can remember a time meeting your girlfriend, there's something wrong somewhere. Don't let anybody fool you. You will remember when you truly believed in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. So your first prayer, if you're not saved, needs to be what we call the sinner's prayer. But first, please understand with me that you are a sinner. Come down off your high horse, lay aside your pride, and acknowledge that you are a sinner. You have done evil in God's sight. You have broken God's commandments repeatedly by lying, telling what you call little white lies, there's no such thing. Little black lies, there's no such thing. You have stolen things that don't belong to you. You have lusted after people and things. You're guilty of this sin in your heart. You have disobeyed and dishonored your parents. You have disobeyed God and dishonored His name by taking His name in vain. You are a sinner just as I am. For the Bible says in Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now, dear friend, I just named five of the Ten Commandments that you have broken. And you know that if you are of age, you have broken them. No matter how pretty you think you are, no matter how rich you think you are, No matter how educated you think you are and proper you think you are, you're lost. I don't care what your pedigree is. I don't care what society you come from. You're lost and on your way to hell. I don't care if you went to Yale and Harvard. You're a lost sinner. The Pope is a sinner. The Dalai Lama is a sinner. Even Joel Osteen is a sinner, and he'll tell you so. We're all sinners. We're all in the same boat. Second, accept the fact, dear friend, that there is a penalty. There is a punishment for sin, always, always. Nobody gets away with anything. Stop believing that lie. You, 
uh, I mean, they're finding dead bodies in Lake Mead, I think, because the water's going down so low. And they're going to find some folks who killed these people and dumped them in the lake. Nobody gets away with sin. The Bible states in Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. Your payment for your sins in this life is death. You will die because of your sins, not from cancer, not from a car crash. What did he die of? Next time, tell him he died because of sin, his sin in his life. Not because of the coronavirus plague. These are just means of dying. They're not the reason why people die. They die because of sin. You're going to die because of the sin that you've committed and the sin that is in you. It is a punishment for people who are not saved. It is a punishment. It is not a part of life. It is the end of life. And God wants you to know that if he will allow you to die because of the sins you chose to commit against him, he will allow you to go to hell as well if you do not believe in his son, Jesus Christ. That is a fact. Again, a part of my job is to help you take God seriously. See, we have so much evil and foolishness in our wicked hearts. We think almost everything is a joke because we watch TV all the time and, 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 and they can solve problems in a half an hour or an hour or an hour and 30 minutes and we think uh, life is that way. We act so <clears throat> foolishly when we think that way. But I want to assure you everything God said, everything Jesus said has come to pass is coming to pass and will come to pass and when you finally meet God yes you will find a loving God but a God who does not play who takes his word very seriously so thirdly please understand and accept the fact that you're on the road to hell yes Jesus Christ is full of love uh, but Jesus Christ preached more on hell than any prophet or any apostle or any Bible writer in the Bible. He was a hellfire and brimstone preacher and he did not play, he does not play. He said in one of his many sermons on hell in Matthew 18, 8, Wherefore, if thy hand or thy foot offend thee, cut them off and cast them from thee. It is better for thee to enter into life, that is eternal life, and go to heaven by believing in Jesus Christ. Halt, limping, on crutches, or maimed, that is with a hand amputated, rather than having two hands or two feet to be cast into everlasting fire. Take God seriously.
Take Jesus seriously. He was not playing when he said this. You will go to hell if you don't believe in him. He wants you to take advantage of what he did for you on the cross. He suffered, he bled, and he died on the cross for your sins, was buried, and rose on the third day by the power of God. Now, hell is bad news, but I have some good news for you on this Wednesday night, my dear friend. Jesus Christ, who preached the gospel first and best, said the most loving, most powerful, and most important words ever said in the history of the world to mankind. He said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, that is, perish in hell, but have everlasting life. My dear friend, that is the free gift of salvation. That's why Jesus preached on hell. He wants you to take advantage of this free gift of what he did on the cross for you. He died for your sins. He paid your sin debt so that you would not have to pay for it in hell. If you don't believe in him and receive him as your savior and repent of your sins, then uh, to hell you will go and you will be there forever. Just as simple as that. Oh, surely God is so loving. He won't let me go to hell. Uh, yes, he will. And it's not a matter of him letting you. You're sending yourself to hell. If you don't re believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what God wants you to do. For God so loved the world. He's the originator of this salvation plan. Okay? He gave up his son, his only begotten son, for you and for me. Okay, you love that, don't you? Yeah, but he, he, that means that he's very serious about loving you and saving you from the hell you deserve. So he's going to be very serious if you reject his son and you love sin more than you love him. He's going to be very serious about that too. Okay? Okay. And to hell you will go. So believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, my friend, and you will be saved. If you're willing to get saved right now, I will lead you in what is called the sinner's prayer. For the Bible says in Romans 10, 9, and 13, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou, you, shalt be saved. Saved from what? Saved from hell. Saved to what? Saved to heaven to be with God. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Jesus did not mention church membership, getting baptized, giving any money to the church. Just believe in him. If the thief on the cross could get saved on the cross and be in paradise with Jesus when he died, when they both died, then you can get saved without getting off the cross 
uh, and get uh, the thief on the cross did not get off the cross and get baptized and join the church. And so you can get saved without getting baptized or joining the church. You can get saved right now and then die and go to heaven. That's how merciful, gracious, and loving our God is. Because the key thing is you're believing in his son, Jesus Christ. So if you want to be saved tonight, believe in your heart in Jesus Christ. That he suffered, he bled, and he died on the cross for your sins. Was buried and rose on the third day. And call on his name, and I'll help you with the sinner's prayer. Repeat after me, phrase by phrase, and mean it from your heart. Holy Father God, I admit that I am a sinner and that I have done evil in your sight repeatedly. For Jesus Christ's sake, please have mercy and grace upon me. And please forgive me of all of my sins. As I now believe in your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for my sins, was buried, and rose on the third day. Lord Jesus Christ, I believe in you, and I believe in your gospel. Please come into my heart and into my spirit and save my soul today. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Or fill me with your Holy Spirit. And help me to repent of all of my sins. Help me to change. And help me to follow you in the new life, Lord Jesus Christ. For it is in your name I pray. Amen. Now, dear friend of mine, if you just believed in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you prayed that prayer with me and you meant it from your heart, I declare to you that based upon the Word of God, the Holy Bible, you are now saved from hell and you're on your way to heaven according to the Word of God. So welcome to the family of God, dear friend. Congratulations on believing in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You have done the most important thing in life. For more information to help you grow in your newfound faith in Christ, please go to gospellightsociety.com and read my book titled, What to Do After You Enter Through the Door. Jesus Christ said in John 10:9, I am the door by me. If any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. Until next time, my beloved, may God bless you. God loves you. We love you. And may God bless you real good is my prayer. Let's all stand for our closing prayer. 
Holy Father God, we praise you and we thank you, Lord, for this day of two services. Thank you so much for what you have done. And I give you the glory and the praise and the honor. And Lord, as your gospel is going out, we still pray for over three million souls to be saved if that has not happened already. Lord, we pray that you'll help us going forward tonight to have a wonderful afterglow service and time. And Lord, help us to pray without ceasing. And Lord, help us to keep our hearts and minds stayed on you. Keep us in perfect peace. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and for sake. Amen.